Welcome into Loho Daily. I'm Lawrence Holmes, a.k.a. Loho. This episode today is very Chicago-centric. I'm just going to tell you that right off jump. If you grew up playing 16-inch softball, it's for you. And I want to tell you how this came, came about. I, last week or two weeks ago, I saw a promo for a story that WGN Channel 9 in Chicago was doing. They were going to do a whole thing on the injuries that happen when one plays 16-inch softball. The story that they ended up putting out was a little bit more, it was bigger. You know, they were talking about the history of the game in Chicago. They were talking about the the medical stuff that happens to people who play the game in Chicago, but they took us to the Hall of Fame. And I said, man, I really want to talk about that. I really want to have Dina Bear, who did the piece for Channel 9, on the podcast to discuss it. And I was shocked that she agreed, number one, and then two, she was able to make it into the studio in downtown Chicago to discuss with me. So we had a conversation about that. Then we also in here had a conversation about medical marijuana and its use in sports. And I think the information that she shares is really important. It's very well um, fact-checked on her part, and it's educational. So enjoy the conversation. If you love softball, you're going to love this conversation. And enjoy all of the great information that, that Dina Bear of Channel 9 passes along. She's terrific, and I think you're going to really dig this entire pod. So the funny thing is, as medical reporter, this was pitched by the orthopedic surgeon, Mark Cohen, who says that he sees 20 to 30 finger injuries every softball season. And he wanted to do it as a warning story. And then we thought, how funny would it be to just go out to see these weeknight warriors and say, okay, all hands in. And when we did, everybody's fingers were crooked. (laughs) (laughs) And then when we started looking into it, we found out that this is the birthplace of softball, not just 16-inch, but all softball. And then we went to the 16-inch Softball Hall of Fame and met the greatest characters. So the story just kept evolving from a medical story to a story about something so quintessentially Chicago. I grew up in Roseland on the south side of the city, and I went to a small Catholic school. So there was a league when I was a kid uh, of, like, you know, St. Dorothy, St. Thaddeus, where I went, a bunch of other places, and that was the game. It wasn't baseball. It was it was softball. It was 16-inch softball. So this, this story hit me immediately, like, when I saw it. But I think that you're right, that the story in it is the medical thing where that game – a, a ball coming out of the box, the clincher ball coming out of the box is hard as a rock. And we sit out there and play with no gloves. And it's traveling at 70 miles per hour. But when you talk about different neighborhoods and playing this game, that's the idea. You don't need a glove. You don't need a lot of money. Anybody can play this game. And when it started originally, it was with a boxing glove that was all tied up and a broomstick that people were hitting. And at the Softball Hall of Fame, which is in Forest Park, they have the replica of the original and how the ball even has evolved. And what was so funny is when we went out, the pros will tell you, 
we don't really have those kinds of injuries that, you know, everybody else has. But if you look, they do have some pretty big knuckles from trauma over all this time. But they even gave us uh, Ray Topps, who's a Hall of Famer. He gave us a lesson. He said, you know, you don't put your hand out like you would to catch a regular ball with your fingers halfway bent. You got to stick your palms out first and then put your fingers around them. Otherwise, according to Dr. Cohen, your fingers just explode because that joint, when the two bones hit each other, boom, it just shatters. And, and that's a hard thing to unlearn for someone who's played catch a, a certain way like their whole life to then go out there and 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 then try to catch a 16-inch ball that's being screamed at them um, off the bat. So you never played? I have never played. I have done a lot of things athletically. I consider myself to be pretty athletic. Never have I played. But I will tell you something. My mother has a little pinky that people think she's also delicate. And it's actually was broken years ago and completely crooked from playing softball. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So she's more of a trooper than I am. That That is. So, okay. As your role as a medical reporter, were you shocked at the way that people use the fingers as a rite of passage or a badge of honor? What shocked me most was that people said, oh, yeah, I broke this one back in 1992, and then I broke this one in 2000, and yet they keep coming back. But I think that's what speaks to how special this game is, that people think – it's not just a game. It's the camaraderie. It's the friendship. We had a retired police officer, this Austin Spiderware, who's in the Hall of Fame. He said, your arm could be falling off and you're going to go out there and you're going to play third. And the analogy he gave us was, you know, you've got Chicago police and Chicago firefighters who are pretty competitive against one another. Yet in the game, everybody is a friend and everybody it has this camaraderie that is just an unbelievable feeling, and that's what keeps them coming back. There's a sense of community with it. There used to be – we used to play in a media league where all of the radio stations, like, had teams, and you play a whole season's worth, and then there's a big tournament. And we used to play down in Grant Park, and then we moved, I think, to Wells Park, not too far from WGN Studios. There is something about it that's – you can play it as seriously as you want, or you can do the beer league thing where it's just kind of everyone's out here to a good time. But I will tell you, if at the beginning of the game, if we got a fresh ball, I would do whatever I could to soften it. Like, I usually played third, so I would always have the pitcher throw me the ball, and I would I would throw it onto the ground a few times just to soften it up a little bit because it's so dangerous. Even priming that ball, one of the girls that we talked to, because, of course, it's, there are co-ed leagues. Her name is Nicole Muth, and she's the one whose finger totally exploded. We saw the X-ray of it there. She was playing for her very first time. She said someone just lobbed the ball at her. But she didn't have a glove. She was trying to be, you know, kind of tough, traditional, play the way the guys do. And she broke her finger. She said, I'm never playing again. <laughs> yeah, I I can completely imagine that's the case. So what was the most surprising thing that you found in your research on this? I think to me the most surprising thing was that people keep coming back for more, that you don't get hurt and give it up because it's that much in their hearts. And I really didn't know that this was the birthplace of it. And I didn't know that it went back to the 1800s. You know, 16-inch as we play it today and the ball that we use today is 1930 was when that was developed. And ever since then, it has just grown 
bigger and bigger in the city of Chicago. And people are so passionate about it. I just thought that's what makes this city so wonderful is there are things like 16-inch softball that people say, I'm going to break my finger and I'm going to go out there and play with my buddies. I I also love that it's a very WGN story. You know, like it's a story that fits – your brand as, as a station where well, Chicago's, Chicago's very, very own. It's very, like I, I sat there was like, wow, like who else could have done this story but but Channel 9? Did, did it feel that way when you guys were putting it together? It did. And that's how I think a lot of stories feel that way in the sense that we have the time because we have so many hours of news. So it's not like, OK, you got to tell your story in two minutes. We could show person after person and their injury, and then we could talk about the medical angle of it. We could go out to the Hall of Fame and be able to let that story breathe because of the timing that we get. And you're right. This whole Chicago's very own concept, we met people that were truly Chicago's very own. Like Spider, who's proud to tell you that in 86, they won the police tournament. (laughs) (laughs) They're showing off their names on the Wall of Fame. By the way, this summer, there is going to... To be a huge tournament, and I'm trying to find out what uh, the last weekend in July in Forest Park at the Hall of Fame. If you don't know anything about 16 inch softball, you haven't played it, you haven't seen it, go out there and you will see the best of the best and the most committed people who have been playing for longer than I have been alive. Do you think that you will ever find yourself in a 16 inch softball game? I think I will find myself a cheerleader on the sidelines. That's probably a really <laughs> save good my choice. Fingers. That's a really good choice because I mean I haven't played in a few years because the league disbanded. I do still enjoy playing because it, it was a lot of fun, but it's it's tricky I, when it comes to storytelling like this. I'm sure that you've had other stories that you thought it was going to go one way, and then it ends up going another one, and. Obviously, this isn't as serious as some of the other stories that you do and it's some of the stuff that you've even been through. But what was it like to see the story morph from one thing to another? I have to give a shout out to my producer, Catherine Zink, and my photographer, Steve Schur. Sure thing, um, because they were the ones who really were as we're all sitting around collaborating, saying, wouldn't it be funny? And then I said, all in, let's put everybody's hands in and show them So it was a discussion really between the three of us that let this story explode into what it ended up being. And then the more we would meet people and the more research we would do, you know, again, finding the Hall of Fame, it was like, we've got to go do that part of it. We've got to add this element into it. And then you just let it become alive. What's the feedback been like? Because, you know, you heard me talking about it on the air. I'm sure that there were other people who saw the the promo and then the story run, uh, what was it, on the 20th or so when it ran, that flocked to it. So what, what's been the feedback that you've gotten? Interestingly, some of the Hall of Fame guys were not real happy about me highlighting the broken fingers because their concept is if you do this right, you're not really going to break your fingers. And a lot of those pros don't, but a lot of the other people do. So it wasn't a huge criticism, but they are kind of proud of the fact that we do this and we do this right. And, you know, don't discourage people from coming out and playing. And that was by no means our intent, of course, because what we found in doing it is what a great game. I mean, the friendships that people make over decades is really spectacular. Yeah, you see people stay with teams for years and years and years. It's It becomes a, a tradition. 
One of the gentlemen that we interviewed had won 25 national titles, Ron Kabicki. And he was the one who was also telling us, you know, all right, you got to play correctly. And if you play correctly, you're good. 25 national titles? <laughs> That's, That's pretty impressive. It's really impressive. Because, you know, obviously doing this, I I love talking about sports. Do you – what's your role when it comes to helping explain sports injuries at Channel 9? Do you ever get called in to do some of the stuff where you're breaking down what happened to a particular player? Oh, absolutely. And we'll explain it to people because if you see an injury on the field as it happens and you say, oh, my goodness, that looked so bad – or you see something that doesn't look so bad and you think, why are they out for this amount of time? Well, then I can go to the doctors and I can show you exactly what's happening in the body and you understand why your favorite player is taking a little longer than you want him to to get back on the court, on the field. And so in that vein, I feel like I can really help out our sports department. They tell their side of the story and then we can delve deeper into the medical angle because let's face it, injuries – really do impact the game in such a profound way. I mean, look at the White Sox this year. Look at the Cubs, the collision. The collision. You yeah. Know, it just – and you go, oh, no, what happens to our season? Well, you I know, hope that – The Bulls this year, my goodness. The Bulls since 2012 <laughs> right. and Derrick Rose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a medical term. There's a sports term that's used – for a medical thing that at some point I'm, I'm pitching you an idea here okay. that you should do because people think that it's not a big deal, but it's totally a big deal. Turf toe. So put that on your list of things to ask the doctors about. What your the, listeners didn't see is my face with a shocked look like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> and people think that turf toe is just um, a really in, easy injury and it usually keeps players out for a long time. All right. But it, I'm going to investigate Turf that. toe. Yeah. Coming so, up, we're doing a story on medical marijuana and how athletes have been using it to relieve some of the pain that they have from minor injuries in the offseason. So, so, so okay, let, let, I got a couple more minutes. I can I can <laughs> dig into this with you. It's it, Chris Long, Kyle Long's brother, uh, has talked about this over the last couple of days since his now retirement. And now that he can't get fined. He has talked about how he used while he was playing, and I know a lot of other NFL players that see uh, marijuana as a pain management tool that's better for them than opioids. I also know, I think that they're right, but I know that there has been some pushback from people saying that that's not necessarily the case. What are you finding? Well, opioids are highly addictive, and when you take opioids, it alters your pain receptors. So the more you take, the more you have to take. So you increase your dose to get that same amount of relief. That addiction quality and the way it changes your receptors and your ability to tolerate pain is not an acceptable pain medication, even if it does relieve it in some sense. What the studies are finding, and there aren't a lot of them out there on marijuana, medical marijuana, because federally, it's against the law. So the federal government is not giving grants for people to study medical marijuana. Isn't it? It's a, a, not level one. It's a... Yes. It's, it's considered a level one. And so there aren't a lot of studies, but the few studies that have been done say that it does relieve pain and it relieves the stress and anxiety that comes when you're in chronic pain without addiction. 
There was also a study two weeks ago that found that people who are on opioids and find that they can't get off of them, marijuana was relieving the anxiety and the cravings for the opioids, so allowing people to get off those drugs. And opioids have other side effects as well. I mean, you know, just gastrointestinal things that we don't really want to talk about. But there are side effects. And the medical marijuana, they're really not seeing thus far any side effects. So the doctors that we interviewed as we've been investigating this story say it's not for everyone. And it does impair you. Right. Just like an opioid would. And and there's some people that are using like CBD oil. Right. Now that doesn't have the THC in it. Right. CBD oil doesn't have the component in it that will impair you, but it doesn't relieve the pain as well. And the medical concoctions of the marijuana are made specifically to relieve pain, and they're different than what you're going to find on the street. So it's not as if you can just go and, and get marijuana and feel better. It, it's not going to happen. What is it? Does it do anything for inflammation? Yes, they're saying it reduces inflammation. And for that reason, they are saying that it can be helpful in glaucoma. And, of course, the few major studies have been on epilepsy and the, the number of seizures that it can reduce. And so that's so quantifiable. The federal government's on board with that because it says, okay, you can measure. You have 10 seizures and then on the marijuana, you have three. With pain, it's a little bit more difficult to measure that. And it's also difficult to prevent abuse for people who say, oh, I'm in pain. Mm. But these professional athletes, let's face it, they're in pain. They are putting their bodies through and football and hockey in particular, I mean, the the, the, the collision sports, It's it can be uh, really detrimental. I have Crohn's disease, so I know that it's become like a thing in the, the Crohn's community. Usually that's one of the ways that you can get medical marijuana is if you, if you have Crohn's. I know that some people that have used it have been great on it, that it's reduced a lot of the pain and some of the symptoms that go along with Crohn's. I've never tried it, but I... And I'm I'm in good place. Like my Crohn's is in remission, but I do know that it's helped a lot of people who do have Crohn's. So, but there are some negative side effects. The doctors we interviewed said some people get just the opposite. They get paranoid and they they get anxiety from it. They get nauseous. They even though it's used to reduce nausea for cancer patients, some people get nausea from it. Some people vomit uncontrollably. So it's not for everybody, but it's something that. I think more and more people are willing to look at because it's an option that's not going to be addictive. 130 people die every day from opioid overdoses in this country. That's not acceptable. Dina, thanks for your time. This was fantastic. I'm so glad that you were able to make this work out. I'm so glad you invited me and saw the story and liked it. Our softball story was fun. (laughs) I loved loved it. It really kind of brought me back to a fun place, and I'm glad that I feel like you did a great job of covering it um, from a, a very well-rounded standpoint, that you let the story take you where it took you, but you were pretty clear on, on look, it is dangerous. I know the pros say that they can they can do it palms up, but not everyone else can. <laughs> Exercise caution if you're out there <laughs> in your rec league. Awesome. This is great.